There's something that um, the Lord is um, wanting us to discuss today, which is very, very important. It's the basics of, um, the very basic of our life, of who we are and what we have as as Christians and children of God. And, um, you know, wherever you're watching from, maybe you have people or someone, you know, who at this moment have questioned you over the years or for a period of time about salvation. And you don't know the perfect answer to give to them. I want you to invite them for this service right now, right now, right this moment. Praise God. Or after this service, you can send them the link. Because that's what we're going to be talking about. I just want us to take a, um, a slight look into salvation. Just a look into salvation. Because there are there are many things I, I I wish I could first touch on before I begin to delve into some areas in the series we are talking about wisdom. You know, but it's expedient to understand you know the concept of salvation. The concept of salvation. Now I'll, I'll 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 try as much as possible by the spirit of God today to to not be to not go too advanced. You know, even if I do by the spirit of God, I'll be able to minister it to you in simplicity with with simplicity, so that you can understand. You know, there are there are many words like I always told you. There are many words that we use. You know, you could, maybe your friend did something to you. You could say, oh, he saved me. You know, but I've always known that there are some words that are too big to be used. Especially when you use those words for people who are not born again, who are not, who are not um, um, a Christian. And my reason is saying that is you can call it, you can call a Christian, a savior, is scriptural because the Bible says that saviors, not one savior, it says saviors shall come out of Zion. It was a prophecy that actually came to pass and is still coming to pass and it will forever come to pass <laughs> because every time you give your heart to Christ as a child of God, you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive the word of God. The first thing that God makes you is a savior. Because he tells you to go and speak about him and bring many unto him. The same way you receive salvation. He says, go ahead and give others salvation. And what does that make you? You are a savior. <laughs> you are a savior. So I just, I just want us to look into salvation and understand something very simple. Seemingly simple, but it's not. About the concept of salvation. Now, since the, since the inception of time, when I say the inception of time, uh, should I go deep? No, I won't. Let me let just leave it at that. Maybe one of these days I will I will, I will explain what that means. Because the say, when I say the since the inception of time, I'm not talking about since the beginning. 
that you read in the Bible. You know, because there is a beginning before the beginning. The beginning that was said about in Genesis chapter number one, or spoken about in Genesis chapter number one, is the beginning when time began, or when time came into action, where time was instituted. From this moment on, we begin to count. But there was a time where, uh, it's hard to not use that word now, or there is a period of time, or there's a period, or there's a time, or there was a time where time was not in existence. And that's why you would have heard when people have said that God existed before time, and he is above time. It could only be above time because he existed before time. In other words, when you began to count, that's when time began. Do you, do, you, do you understand what I'm trying to minister to you right here? Do you understand that? So in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 is not the very beginning. But it's telling you that this is when we began to count. This is when time, the, 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 the inception of time came into being. This was the inception of time. But there was a time where there was no time. Do you understand that? So when I say since the inception of time and even before the inception of time, God has always chosen a people. So now you understand when I say since the inception of time, God has always chosen a people to be his own from the very beginning. He has always chosen a person he has always chosen the people. And you can question that. He's God. <laughs> He's God. Praise the Lord. He created everyone. But he chose one. Like he said, he told Moses, he said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. He said, I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. In other words, it's not your business. I do what I want. I have mercy on whomever I choose to have mercy on. Let him be the worst person in heaven and earth. If I choose to have mercy on him, I will. <laughs> God talking to Moses. He said, it's not, your business, it's not your business, Moses. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. As bad as you might think that uh, David was. Oh, that guy was sleeping with every every. every Every woman he saw. God said, this is the man after my heart. He said, this is the man after my heart. Oh yeah, you read about Moses in the Bible. Oh, he did great things. But then Moses messed up. He was too angry. He did something against God. And God said, go up the mountain and die. And he died. And you feel like, oh, you felt sorry for Moses. No. What was God's testimony of Moses? He said, Moses is the meekest man on earth ever lived. He said he was the meekest man. This, 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 this were God's testimonies about people. So he can choose whomever. It's not by your standard. In fact, you do not have the standard. Your standard can only be a true standard when God gives you the standard. So, we want to talk about salvation now. We are talking about the fact that God always chooses a people, a person, a tribe 
to be his own. Are you following me? He always chose his people. You don't come to God and say, God, I want to be your people. No, he chose. He chose. It was his choice to make. Let me, let's begin to see the scriptures. Let's open to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Do you have your Bibles? Is your Bible dusty and rusty? That means you've not touched it in this week at all. Praise God. Someone is smiling. All right. I'm not here to judge you. I'm just reminding you the word of God. Deuteronomy chapter number 7. And now someone is laughing. Praise God. Someone is thinking, how does he know that I'm smiling? How does he know that I'm laughing? If you understand who God is, you will know how. Someone is saying, oh, is he saying that he is God? No. I'm not saying that I'm God, but I have the spirit of God. And the Bible says he knows all things. He said he will teach you all things. He said you don't need any man to teach you anything. He says this spirit of God that I have will teach me all things. So I can see you. Praise God. And stop looking around. <laughs> Is he here? Ah, praise the Lord. I said Deuteronomy chapter number 7. I want us to start reading from verse number 6. Ooh, I love this scripture. Tibahavole. Put your right hand on your, on, your, on, your, on your chest. And say my heart is open to receive God's word. And as I receive this word, the devil cannot take it from me. I make it mine forever. And it will produce in me that which he talks about. So much that I will preach it and tell others in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So I said, Deuteronomy chapter number 7, verse number 6. Are you there? Praise the Lord. It says, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. God is talking right now to the children of Israel. He's telling them who they are. He says, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. And the Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself. Did you see that? He said, The Lord your God has chosen you people. He has chosen you to be his own people. Did you see that? God chose these people, the children of Israel. So at this point in time, God chose a nation out of all the nations of the earth. Let's keep reading. I'll read verse 6 again. It says, For thou art an holy, we are reading Deuteronomy chapter number 7, verse 6. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. So these people, this nation, it separates them from all other nations. <laughs> he chose this one amongst all other nations. Why did God choose them? Were they plenty? Were they so much? Is it that their numbers was uncountable? Is it that they were so rich? Is it that they were so blessed? 
Is that there was something so beautiful about them? Oh, their hair or their color, the color of their skin? Emphatically, no. Let's look. God even told them. Verse 7 again. It says, The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any people. Did you hear that? He said, The Lord did not set his love upon you people because you were much in number. So does that mean they were much in number? Let's keep reading. It would, it would tell us. Verse 7 again. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor chose you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any people. For you were the fewest of all people. Amazing. So out of all the nations of the world, as at that time, these people that God chose to be his own, they were the fewest. And along the line, if you study in the Old Testament, nations, huge and big nations, were afraid of the children of Israel. They were afraid. When I meant afraid, they were afraid to an extent that they had to construct a lie so that these children of Israel would not come and destroy them and take their country. Maybe you have looked at yourself and said, this me, me, what can I achieve in life? This old me, this me, that is nothing. Stop calling yourself nothing. Maybe you were nothing. But now that you are hearing this message, make up your mind. Because you are hearing this message because that your nothing is all God needs. <laughs> uh... You know, last week we were talking about wisdom. And I told you that wisdom is the master craftsman. is the architect. And he created you. He formed you for God. What you are or what you think you are is all that he needs. How will it be a testimony? How will it be God in your life if you think you are complete? And if everybody thinks that you are complete, where will be the testimony when you begin to flourish? He said, these people, they were the fewest. He said, I didn't choose you or pour my love out to you because you were many in numbers amongst the people of the earth. He said, but because you, but, 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 but nonetheless, you, you were the few, fewest. Verse 7 again. He says, the Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all people. Verse 8, now he said, but because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the host which he had sworn unto your fathers, had the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So all that God did for these people, he didn't do it for them because of something that they had that was special. So I just read that scripture to tell you that since, since forever, when I say forever, time is included. When time began, God has always chosen a people, a tribe, a nation, a person to be his own. That's in Deuteronomy chapter number 14. 
Deuteronomy, book of Deuteronomy chapter number 14. I want us to read verse number 2. Deuteronomy chapter number 14, verse number 2. Are you there? It says, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord. Again. See, it's, it's so amazing how many times God told them. Over the scriptures in the Old Testament, many times God told them. Remind them th- th- reminded them this. Why? Because God is the only one who can tell you your value. He's the only one who can show you your value. Who you are. The world. And even your mind can be misconstrued to tell you who you are not. Even you yourself can be deceived to tell yourself who you are not. That's why I've said it again and again and again. See, there are, there are people in this life who, who I've told you several times, you know, there are people who say they, they are trying to find themselves, they are trying to discover themselves. And I said to you, that is the biggest blunder you could ever make trying to find yourself, trying to discover yourself. And I told you severally that many of these people in this kind of escapade, in this kind of journey, what they do is they begin to go to the wrong places, go to the wrong things, trying to find information, informations that are basically irrelevant to who they really are. And I told you, if you want to know yourself, if you want to find yourself, if you want to discover your true self, you've got to know God. No man. On earth, no man on earth, no woman on earth can truly know themselves without their knowledge of God. Because to know God is to know you, and to know you is to know God. Someone is saying, How can you say that? (laughs) If that were wrong, God will not say that he created man in his image and in his likeness. In other words, he created man to look like him and to function like him. Uh, We're talking about salvation. So, I said, Deuteronomy chapter chapter number 14, verse 2. Are you there? It says, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. And the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself above all the nations that are upon the earth. You know, it's an amazing thing when God says, I have chosen you. But it's, a, it's, it's more mind-blowing when he says, I have chosen you above every other. <laughs> it's beautiful if God tells you, I have chosen you. But now he's telling this, we said, I've not just only chosen you, I've chosen you above all of them. In other words, he considered other nations and said, no, he rejected them. I said, this is the ones I want. Ah, yeah. I want us to read that verse number two again. We're reading the scripture. Why? I said, since inception of time, God has always chosen a people. And I said, we're talking about salvation. Follow me. I'm taking you on a ride. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. And the Lord hath chosen thee, hath chosen thee, hath chosen. He is the one that does the choosing. The process. Where he, <laughs> he chose the process. It's his own process to choose. He hath. Not he's going to. He hath. He hath. So they, they, they were not even supposed to pray, God choose us. No. 
because their minds were not that <laughs> righteous enough and great enough and godly enough to even pray that kind of wisdom-filled prayer. But God says, and the Lord had chosen thee to be a peculiar, special. He used the word special in the other scripture that we read. Still the same thing, peculiar, unique. Listen to this. It's not saying that God chose them because they are unique. No, he chose them and made them unique. How did God make them unique? Study about the children of Israel in the Bible. Study about those who fought them and those who they fought. Study about the signs and wonders. Study about the wars that they won. Study about how God dealt with them. <laughs> you will see what it means. Till date, it's still on them that they are unique. Yeah. Check out the Jewish people. It has been said that they are the most successful people in the face of the earth. The Jewish people, the Jewish community. Why do you think that is? That blessing is still on them. But there's something bigger than that. Now, don't wish to be a Jew. <laughs> that would be beautiful. Paul said, he said, he said, he, Paul talked about the physical Jew, Jew, the fleshly Jew. He said, those who are Jewish in their flesh, in their skin, in their body. He said, but there are those who are Jewish in their heart. Hey, yeah, yeah. I wish you, I want to God you understood what that means. He said, there are those who are Jewish in their hearts. Let me slow down. Uh, don't worry, you understand what that means. Uh, Jewish in your heart. <laughs> Hey, always remember, there is the flesh and there is the spirit. There is the realm of the flesh, the realm of the physical, and the realm of the spirit. And the spirit realm controls the physical realm. And the physical realm is kind of a symbolic of what is going on in the spirit realm. But the spirit realm, things happen first in the spirit realm because it controls the physical realm. Do you understand that? Don't worry. You're still on that journey. That's just one bus stop. On to the next stop. He says, and the Lord has chosen thee to be, to be a peculiar people unto himself. Unique to himself. Not to other people, to himself. <laughs> Above all the nations that are upon the earth. One more scripture in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter number 26. Are you following this? If you have questions, you can you can type it in the comments. If you have questions, the room chapter number twenty six. Uh, where are you now? Deuteronomy chapter number twenty six. We're going to be reading from verse number seventeen. Are you there? Is it thou asked? Deuteronomy chapter twenty six, verse number seventeen. Thou hast avouched the Lord this day to be thy God. Now, the knowledge of you knowing that God has chosen you, it has to get so deep in you that it becomes a knowledge that you will have to accept that you belong to God and claim 
that you belong to God. Uh, are you getting this? God can choose you. But you have to agree to it. God is not a by force God. Are you following me? God understands the place of will. He understands that. He understands choice. And that's one of the very great things that God gave us. The power to choose. He made man a free moral agent to make his own choice. That's why he said in the scriptures, he said, I put before you life and death. He said, choose one. It's your choice. He gives you that choice to choose between life and death. But you gave us an advice. He said, but I advise you to choose life. He will not force you. He can choose you, but he needs your agreement. And he needs your proclamation. So don't just say, God has chosen me. Yeah, but what are you saying because of that knowledge? What is your character because of that knowledge? What's your declaration? What is your speech and your words like because of that knowledge? Knowledge is spoken. Knowledge is acted. We see it in character and we see it in your, we hear it in your, in your words. So God has told them several times. He says, you are my people. I have chosen you. He spoke to them through prophets. See, you're my people. I have chosen you. Now these guys, now they are saying, God, we are yours. Listen. See, that was a vouched. In other words, you are vouched. You have promised that the Lord this day to be thy God. You have said, Lord, you are a God. No other God. Oh, how many times they messed that up. They chose other gods. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. Faithful God. Verse 17 again. Thou hast avouched the Lord this day to be thy God and to walk in his ways and to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and to hearken unto his voice. Verse 18. And the Lord hath avouched thee this day to be his peculiar people as he hath promised thee and that thou shouldest keep all his commandments. Verse 19 now. And to make thee high above all nations which he has made in praise. In now he begins to tell them, to show them what is going to be significant about them just because of the acceptance of God choosing them. He says, verse 19 again, and to make thee high above all nations, which he has made. He made all the nations, but he's making these ones high above all. In praise, in other words, in glory, and in name, in his own name, and in honor. What else would you want? In praise and in name. Whose name? Whose praise? And in honor. And that thou mayest be an holy people unto the Lord thy God as he had spoken. Now God requires of them. Their own part of the deal is to obey his commandments. Is to walk in his ways as we read. To do his will. 
That's how they prove. That's their own, their, their, their own part in the agreement. Yes, God chose them, but they, had a, but they also had a part to play. And he told them. You can also read that in Deuteronomy chapter, chapter number 18. He told them, this is what you must do. And God swore by himself many times. He said, if you can obey my commandments, ha, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was boastful of what he, he would, he, of what he would do for them. Just obey your part of the deal. You're talking about salvation. Don't forget about that. Exodus chapter number 19 verse 5. Book of Exodus. I just want us to, you know, establish a very solid ground for this. Exodus chapter number 19 verse 5. Oh boy. <clears throat> Oh, now you can you can hear this now. All right? I like to show you scriptures with what I say. So that you can know that I'm not just giving a speech. I'm not a speech, speech giver or a speaker. No. I'm a preacher of the gospel. A minister of the gospel. So I'm not just giving speech. This is not a speech. This is the word of God. It's real. It's a life. Is living and active. And you can put your life on it. Praise God. I said book of Exodus chapter number 19 verse 5. Here we go now. It says, now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then God calls it a covenant. Covenant can only be between two or, or more people. Now, is the covenant is between this nation, these people, and God. So you see, it's beyond God choosing them. Yeah, God choosing them is the is the access. But now He needs their decision to make that covenant with Him. They agree to the covenant. Let's finish that scripture. It says, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine. It's, even, it's telling them, remember, this whole world is mine. But I'm, I've chosen you. So why am I reading you this scripture? Just to establish the fact that since the inception of time, God always chooses a people. But in this case, he chose the children of Israel to be his own people. All other nations. Mm -mm. If, 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 if the children of Israel wanted the land of Egypt, God would give it to them. He's not going to look at the lives that are there. He, mm -mm. Is what his people want. All God needed was for them to follow his instructions. Obey his will. Obey his covenant. That's all. That's their own part of the deal. And all the things that they experienced. It's only, it's only amongst God's people. You will see someone who was poor five minutes ago, 
will encounter a prophet and all of a sudden she's now she's now a supplier a, 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 a big and huge supplier of oil and she's making money someone who is about to eat a last meal with her son and so that they will die because it was famine in the land it's only amongst God's people you will see such things no nation could defeat the children of Israel as long as they were in obedience with God no nation could. Even if, if there were 1,000 people as the children of Israel going to fight, fight 300,000, they couldn't defeat them. No strategy. It, it, it could only happen amongst God's own people. Only God's own people that you, we saw in the Bible how angels, spirits fought for God's people, that the soldiers of God's people, in their few number, will just get to the to the war front and find all the other soldiers dead. So they are just coming to the war front to pick to pick treasures. Why? Because angels had come ahead to, to fight for them. Only God's people. These were the things, some of the things that God did for his own people, that just that he chose them. There were those at the time when the children of Israel disobeyed God. Some nations attacked them and they destroyed God's people. Why? Because God was, 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 was angry with them because they disobeyed him. He didn't do anything to those nations, which could never have happened if they obeyed God. But every time when they find their way back to God and apologize and seek for, for, for forgiveness, God will tell them, now go back to that nation that came to destroy the other day. And they will sweep them. Whew. Nothing living will be alive. It doesn't matter how many these God's own people are. Any nation, they will take it down. All the nations became so fearful because they heard the news of what their God did for them with Egypt and in Egypt. So as the children of Israel were passing by from city and nations to nations, people to people, people were scared just because they were passing by. Their news were heard abroad. See, people heard the testimony of what God did for, God, for his own people in Egypt. That they begin to cower. Just because he chose them. I said we're talking about salvation. And now. There were prophecies. Given in the Old Testament. Time will not permit us for me to go through those prophecies. How that God. Will not only choose a nation. To be, to be his own. He will not say, oh, this nation you are mine. As he chose the children of Israel. We, we, we now understood by scriptures and by the spirit. That that was a symbol of what God was going to do. In a later time. So the prophecy began to fly in the air. That a savior was coming. That when that savior come. In other scriptures, he says it's a king. He said not only, ah, yeah. he said hey, he used the word Egyptians and the Assyrians. 
He said these people will gather to worship the God of Israel. The Egyptian, the Egyptian symbolizes the whole world. So now there was a prophecy that the Gentiles, Gentiles are those who are not of the commonwealth of Israel. Foreigners, if you're not an Israelite, you are a Gentile. But there were prophecies that even the Gentiles will come and serve God, the God of Israel. And now it's not going to be, oh, the God of Israel. It's going to be the God ah, of as many as will believe and accept him. <laughs> Are you following this? Let me show you something in the book of Ephesians. Fast forward to the New Testament. Book of Ephesians chapter number 3. Ephesians chapter number 3. Verse number 6. When man in the garden of Eden ate of that fruit, man lost his connection with God. His relationship with God. God told Adam, he said, the day you eat of this tree, he said, you shall, you shall die. God did not create death. I hope you understood that. That God did not create death. In God's creation, there was nothing as death. Nothing. But man created death. Man created death. He said, the moment you eat of this fruit, he said, you shall surely die. Man chose to eat of that fruit and give birth to death. <laughs> give birth to death. Man gave birth to death. God didn't. Why? Because God gave man the ability to create just as God creates. <laughs> so when man ate of that fruit, what God said there, that you shall surely die, it means you will be totally disconnected from me. There will be nothing between me and you. Hiya. Ah. God put man in that beautiful garden. No sickness. No poverty. A garden of abundance. Although they, 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 they said they were naked, but everything was beautiful. They couldn't see what nakedness was. Nakedness was not the word of God. God still entered the, that garden and said, Adam, where are you? When you are eh, yeah, when you are defiled, that's eh, yeah, lepakosa, akaya, It's a defiled heart. Defiled heart. That sees a defiled things. That sees defiled things. Someone is talking to you. Just an example. And all you can see is their nakedness. Something is wrong with you. You say it's distracting you. <laughs> but God didn't see like that. When God entered the garden, the Bible says that they were hiding. Adam was hiding after they ate of that fruit. Adam and Eve. God said, Adam, where are you? Where did he get the word naked from? The devil put it in his heart. Cut it. 
He lost the authority that God gave him. He didn't get the word naked from God. God did not God could not even repeat that. He says, Who told you? Who have you been speaking to? Who do you give your lordship to? Who do you give your dominion to? Who do you surrender your dominion to? And since that time, man was without God, with sin in the world, giving birth by man, death, pain, poverty, sickness, any evil thing you could think of, man gave birth to that. Give it to that. But God had a plan. God had a plan. Oh, God was targeting the devil. He said the son of man will bruise his head. God spoke of it through the mouth of his prophets. How and why was that so important to God? Because man was God's excellent and perfect creation. Someone said, God created man in the last day. In the, in the, in the sixth day. And the seventh day was a day of rest. The Bible says that, uh, that uh, and, 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 and someone said, he said, he said, in the first day, man saw was the day of rest. God did not create man in the first day. God created first all that man needed for his functionalities. All that he needed, even responsibilities. Everything man would do, everything he needed, he created them first before he created man. To tell you the ideology of God concerning you. He gave birth to man in the place of plenty. He first provided, hey, uh, your, pro- hey, your provisions came before you. You know, this, this word has been twisted in such a way that men are not looking for their provision. When God, has, hey, uh, God created provisions before man, all that you could ever need in your life was created first before ever you were born. This is ideology. This is the mind of God concerning you. And God saw man suffering. He he had to chase Adam and Eve out of that beautiful garden. They couldn't stay there anymore. Because now they've been corrupted. The Bible says that God shall not behold sin. No, he cannot behold sin. He's, He's holy. His holiness himself is what is that thing we call holy. That's who God is. Is the standard of holiness. So you have to chase them out of that garden. And no one could enter that garden. They couldn't come back. A man began to suffer. He began to toil. God could not even curse the man. God cursed the woman. He cursed the ground. But he couldn't curse the man. <laughs> to tell you something. He caused the ground. He caused the woman, but not the man. He caused the serpent. 
That's why when you see a snake today, a snake they 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 they, they, they go about on their on their chest. The serpent was once a cat was once a cattle. Read your Bible. It was a cattle. It was not something that like a reptile that goes on the ground with his chest on the floor. No, God cursed it and it began to go like that on the floor. The Bible says the serpent was a cattle. But God had a plan. Because he knew how man would have ended if he did nothing. This was his creation. His work of heart. That he loved so much and cared about so much. He loved man so much, God made man to look exactly like himself. I've given you this illustration several times. How that Adam gave names to all the animals and God did not say, no, that, that's wrong. Let's not give them. No, Adam was functioning in the standard and level knowledge and wisdom of God. So whatever Adam calls something, God has called it that. Why? Because he was one with God. And when man separated from God, when man was separated from God, that was where his suffering began. So that's why I can tell you boldly today, if you don't have Jesus as Lord of your life, if you are not born again full of the Holy Ghost, brothers and sisters, that person is assigned up for suffering. The devil can do anything to that person. Anything at any time. The devil has not probably gotten to that person because it's not his time yet. It's not on the line. <laughs> it's not, it, it has not gotten, it has not gotten to, the, to the turn of that person on the line. The only place of safety, not only safety, a child of God is not the one seeking safety that's, oh, as long as I'm safe here. No. The child of God is a terror to the devil. He didn't save us from the devil. No. The devil is too small. God saved us from a kind of life to give us his own life. Not to hide from, 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 from Satan. No. Hide. Praise God. So all this was going on. But God had a plan. God had a plan. Prophets and, and prophetess or prophetesses, they prophesied. They spoke about the coming of the Lord Jesus. Moses spoke of him. He said, a prophet will come that will be greater than me. He says, listen to him when he comes. <laughs> That's why I know that one day the Jewish people will believe in Jesus Christ mightily. Because the Bible said so. Because Moses talked about Jesus. And Jesus even said that Moses talked about him. And he told them, he said, if you don't believe and accept the words of Mo Moses, how can you accept my words? They were like, how do you, what do you mean we don't accept the word of He said, because if they truly accept the words of Moses, then you would have, you would have obeyed and accepted what he said concerning him. So you didn't. You can't accept 9 out of 10 and say you did good. No, as long as you have broken one, you have bro broken the whole 9 or the whole 10. 
That's the rule. It's a rule of totality. So Jesus came in the scene. He was born of a virgin, which was also prophesied that he would be born of a virgin. And the Bible says that he would come to die for the sins of the world, for the sins of the whole world. For the sins of the whole world. In the Old Testament, God didn't care about the whole world. <laughs> he cared about this one, this, this one nation. But now God said, let's extend this thing. Now it's not by geography. Ah, yeah. It's not by geographical location now. Now the Bible began to talk about, about the physical Jerusalem, the physical Israel. And now I began to talk about the spiritual Jerusalem and the spiritual Israel. <laughs> what is that saying? What is that saying? John chapter 1 verse 1. This is Jesus. So they buy. <laughs> many, many of you have heard about his name. You've heard about him in the passing. Maybe many of you don't understand what it is all about. I wish I could tell you. But I promised myself that I'm not going to go too deep today. Because there are some mind-blowing truths. That by the Spirit of God, as you grow in Christ, you begin to realize. See, the knowledge of Jesus is not something you hear today in this service. And you say, oh, you know it all. The knowledge of Jesus is continuous. That's why Paul, as much as Paul wrote about Jesus, Paul was more accurate about Jesus than every other disciples that slept on the same bed with him, walked on the same ground, slept under the same roof, walked with him, ate from the same plate. But Paul, Never had the opportunity to do any of those with Jesus. But yet, it was accurate, more accurate than all the other disciples. But what was the ministry of Paul, first of all? When the Lord appeared to Paul, what was his ministry? What was his calling? Why did Jesus call him? Jesus appeared to him. Who was Paul before? He was called, he, 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 called, he, he was called Saul of Tarsus. He changed his name to Paul. Saul of Tarsus. This guy was, was a lawyer. Studied. An official of the court. Also a Pharisee. Whom his job was, he was given the legal governmental authority to go from place to place and kill Christians. Those who believe in Jesus Christ. That was his job. That same Paul or Saul, Jesus appeared to him on his journey to Damascus to go and terrorize some more Christians. Jesus appeared to him and said, Why are you? Why? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. And what was the ministry that Jesus gave 
give to Paul. He sent Paul to the Gentiles. Why? Because the message now is no more for the Jewish people. It has been expanded. It's no more just for the Jewish people. It's for as many as will believe. As many. John chapter number 1. There are many, many things I could show you. Many things. But the Holy Spirit of God, I know that these things are revealed in your heart to understand. All you need is to just believe in Jesus Christ. And that believing will bring you into a continuous knowledge of Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm, this is deep. When you are in John, you don't even know where to start from because everything is deep. <laughs> I love John. He was called the master's beloved. Mm. You can see it in his writings. Mm. Lord help us. Alright, John chapter 1 verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. Oh boy, I wish I could tell you about that. And the word was with God and, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Hey, I won't explain this. This is not for today. Because I can be on that top, on this verse, verse number one, for three months. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. <laughs> in him was life. That word now is a him. And that word created all things. It says in him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness and, and, dark, and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John the Baptist that he's talking about now. Not the John that is, that is writing this. This is John the Baptist. The one that's related to Jesus Christ. Biologically. Alright. Verse number 7. The, the, the son of um, Elizabeth and uh, uh, um, Zechariah the, the, the priest. Alright? Verse 7. The same came for a witness to be a witness of the light. In other words, that John was sent as a witness of that light. In other words, to come and talk about the light that is coming. That's why John the Baptist is called the forerunner of Jesus Christ. He was meant to come before and announce the coming of Jesus Christ. That was his ministry. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to be a witness of the light. That all men through him might believe. Verse 8. It says, it was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. You see that? That was a true light, which lighted every man that cometh into the world. It was in the world, and the world was made by him. Hey, hey, oh. He's saying now that the word, which is also the light, was in the world, and the word was made by him. And the world knew him not. Hey? He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Who, has he, who are his own? Remember, who were those people that I said God chose in the Old Testament as his people? The Israelites, the Jewish people. God chose them as his own. So, Paul is, I'm sorry, um, John is saying here that he came unto his own. They were his own. But he didn't receive him. 
the God that chose you became flesh and came among you and you didn't receive him. The same one who chose you, who received you. <laughs> what, a, what, what an irony. He says, verse 11 again. He says, he came unto his own and his own received him not. They rejected him. I wish I could explain to you what, what that actually meant or means. That you, you, you see someone and you just, you know, give them farewell and say hi to them, you know. That's, that's, di that, that's different. You can accept someone and not accept someone. In other words, someone can come around you now. You don't have anything against them, but they are there. They are free to be around you. That's okay. You are not accepting them, neither are you reject. But when you say they rejected him, in other words, with force, tenaciously, they were bank on it. He came unto his own and his own received him not. But at verse 12 now, now this is where you're coming. <laughs> he said he came to his own people. They didn't receive him. In the Old Testament, they were not called the, the sons of God. They were called God's people. God's people. They were not even called God's children. They were called the people of God. But in verse 12, it says, but as many as received him. Hey, did you see that? It says, but as many as received him, to them he gave power. He said, to them gave he power to become he the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. So now, you are not God's own. Or you won't be God's own children or sons and daughters because you came geographically from a location or from a nation. But now, the qualifying factor is for you to hear and believe. It is but as many, but as many, but as many as received him, to them, gave you power. He gives them the authority, the ability, kaya, the legal rights to become the sons of God. Even to those who believe on his name. Even to them that believe on his name. Verse 13 is beautiful. He said, which were born not of blood. Oh no, that is deeper. So you mean your bloodline has nothing to do with this also. So meaning when you are a Christian. Hey, that's why I tell you. Maybe cancer runs in your family. Your great grandfather died of cancer. Your great uncle, the same thing. Great auntie, the same thing. Maybe your dad, the same thing. Now, maybe your brother also died of cancer. Now you will begin to feel the symptoms. And you are born again. A child of God. Since your blood is irrelevant. <laughs> it doesn't determine your life. 
I'll show you more. Let's finish this first. It says, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Do you know what it means by which were born of God? Not of the will of man. Will, but the will of God. Will, will is telling you that anyone who received Jesus Christ, it's a work of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. He says you are the Word of God because the Word of God is the will of God. Verse 14 is mind-blowing, but that's not this topic. But it sums it up a lot. But I'll read it. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. But what I wanted you to see is that he's now not choosing people because they are from Israel. As many as will hear of Jesus Christ, as many as will receive him, that he came to die for my sins. He came to pay the debt I could not pay. I hold the debt I could not pay. But Jesus came to die. He says he came, if you read in the book of Matthew, when he was spoken concerning him, that he will come to die for the sins of the world. Even at his birth, he was spoken of him. Before he was born, he was said of him that he will be born and he will die for his people. He will die for the people, for the sins of the world. It was the sacrifice. That sacrifice, that determining factor to bring man back unto God. No more. No more. Man can now choose to walk, to, to either not walk or live outside of the garden of Eden or to live inside. We live inside that garden in Christ. Paul said, he said, all sins are yours. <laughs> he says, if you want death, it's yours. If you want life, it's yours. You have the choice and the power to take authority of these things. That's what Paul was saying. He says, all things are yours. Take what you like. Romans chapter number 10. Are you there? Romans chapter number 10. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Should I give you Romans chapter number 10? Hmm. Before we read Romans chapter 10, let's quickly read 1 Corinthians. Book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, I mean. 2 Corinthians. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. 2 Corinthians. Chapter number 5. Verse number 21. I just, I just wanted you to, say this, to, to see this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, For he hath made him to be seen for us. Who is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. It says, For God made him to be seen. He didn't make Jesus a sinner. The Bible says that there was no guilt found in the mouth of Jesus. No guile. There was no wrongdoing. He was holy, completely holy. Holy, complete. Never committed a sin. Couldn't. 
How strange. Verse 21. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. It says, For he hath made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin? He that, that knew no sin was made sin for us. That what? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He was made sin. That I might be made righteous. It was made sin that I might be made righteous. See, until you accept this, sickness can lord over you. Poverty, the devil can lord over you. He will. But when this becomes your story and your testimony and your present possession, your reality, you become lord and king Above all those things. You become that person that God talked about in the Old Testament. A peculiar and a unique person unto God. Now, it's not a nation that is known geographically. We are now a nation who have believed. I believe in Christ. I believe in Jesus qualifies us to be a citizen of this kingdom. And that kingdom was what Jesus brought. <laughs> he brought that kingdom. He preached the kingdom. Not a country. Not a nation. He preached the kingdom. Because that's where we come together. It doesn't matter which part of the world you came from. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your country, your nation, or your tribe. It does, or the language that you speak. It does not matter. There is a common kingdom in Christ. So you become a citizen of an unseeable spiritual kingdom. Aya. Ah, I'm trying to calm myself down seriously here. I said Romans, right? Let me let me let me let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you that. Romans chapter number 10, very quickly. Oh boy, the time. Lord Jesus. Romans chapter number 10. Are you with me? Verse number 9. Romans chapter 10 verse number 9. Are you there? Now it tells you the process of salvation. This is salvation. This is all salvation. Verse 9. He says, but if thou, talking about you, he says, but if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead. See, you can be, you can call yourself a Christian. There are people who call themselves Christians and they say they don't believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Sorry, I got news for you. Then you are not a Christian. <laughs> because that's what he says here. Listen, let's read it again. This is not other language. It's the language that we both understand. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. It says thou shalt have salvation. Thou shalt be saved. Let's go through it again. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Confess. Homologia. Confess. Speak the same thing. 
and shalt believe in your heart. You got to believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead. <laughs> you know, Jesus said, when Jesus said it, they were like, huh? What is he talking about? The temple. Jesus entered the temple and he saw them selling, marketing, and doing all sorts of things in the temple, in the synagogue. And Jesus went quietly to the bush, made up some nice cane. And beat them out from the temple. He said, my father's house shall be a house of prayer. And not the den of thieves. Where you do market. And sell. And buy and sell. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees told him, you know, they, they, they attacked him with that. And Jesus said to them, he said, break this temple down. And in three days I will rebuild it. Do you know how many years it took us to build this, this, this synagogue? You know how many years? But he wasn't talking about that building. He was talking about his body. They didn't get it. They couldn't understand it. He was giving them hints. Jesus gave a lot, a lot of hints. A lot of hints. You know how many times they asked him, Are you the son of God? He got to a time he told them, he said, I've told you. He got to a time he, started, he now started telling them, you said it. Because what else? You asked me, I told you. You asked me again, I told you. Now you're asking me again. Now what let you know, have you ever have you ever been in a situation where somebody asks you? They, they ask you a question and you say no. And they ask you again, I said no again. And they ask you, okay, yes. Why now leave me alone? If you don't believe it, that's your problem. He was talking about his body. He said, in three days, I will raise it up again. <laughs> he said, destroy this temple. He said, in three days, I will raise it up again. He was talking about his body. He died. And three days later, he rose again. And now, the Bible says that ye are the temple of God. The same thing Jesus called himself. He says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, he said, thou shalt be saved. This is how salvation comes. You hear God's word. You believe in Jesus Christ. That God raised him from the dead. That he died for your sins. You know, there are people who will tell you, confess your sins right now so that he can save you. There is no place in the Bible where God or Jesus or the apostle says you confess your sin so that you can be saved. The only place that that was talked about was, was Brother James. He says confess your faults to one another. Not so that you can be saved. Jesus gave us remission of sin. In other words, your sin is totally wiped away. Like you never sinned. Like you, ne you never existed before. You become a brand new person when you give your heart to Christ. So, it, it doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter what you didn't do. It gives you a new beginning. We're talking about God here. The Bible says it's a spirit. That's why I said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, if anyone, anyone be in Christ, he said he is a new creature. New creature. No, 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 no. New, brand new. Never existed before. 
Remission of sin. Your sins were remitted. He paid it all. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, it says there is no more sacrifice that's needed to be made. No more sacrifice. Jesus, the only and the perfect sacrifice forever and ever. I told you before, the Bible says that the reason why people will go to hell, not because of their sins, because Jesus paid for their sins. But they will go to hell because they rejected the Son of God. And that's why he said, as many as received him, as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. To them he gave power. Receive. Because sin is not your problem anymore. He came to give you a new life. The life where you can live and you experience God. You know where you came from. Not by your parents who give birth to you. You're thinking about biology. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. God is not that limited. He's not limited. All about you is not all that there is about your parents or about your blood. All those things you're talking about, that people study to get information about you, your blood, your skin, your DNA, who do you think put it there? There are still some things about a human being that the science cannot discover. Show me. Show me. The science fact about your spirit. Show me the science fact about your soul. Show me the science fact about your mind. Have they seen those things under the microscope? <laughs> no they cannot because that's the real you and that's the one God saved the one that Jesus died for is the one that cannot be seen in the hospital it's the one that cannot be seen under the microscope it's the one that cannot be seen under any scientific device that's the one God died for that's the one God is concerned about the you that is inside of that body that you carry the salvation of that soul because every soul came from God. Yeah. Because man came from God. That spirit of man, that soul of man came from God. And that's what he wants to save. And that's what he has saved. All he's asking you is to say, yes, Lord. I accept this salvation. I don't have to suffer like Adam and Eve. Now I can experience you. I can live a life above sickness, above pain, above poverty, above all the troubles of this world. You know, I say sometimes, you know, the things that, that some, some people go through, that say they went through, I never go, went through those things. Why? Because God blessed me so much with the knowledge of Him at a very early stage in my life. Very early stage. So when I was speaking in tongues as a young boy, as a little boy, I didn't know what I was doing. But the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that he prays, ayah, he prays, he prays for us through us. With groanings that cannot be put in an articulated speech. That's what happens. The Holy Ghost was praying for me through me and he was ordering my steps. Say my, 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 my steps. Jesus said, 
He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I want you to notice the definite article in that sentence. There are the definite articles in that sentence. He says, I am the way, the truth, the life. What is that insinuating? Jesus was, was very accurate in his words. When you study about Jesus, one of the things you will notice about him that will be so clear and glaring to you is the accuracy of his words. He chose his words carefully. His words were a testament and a proof and an expression of his faith and who he is. And every time when he communicates, you can always connect it, always the same. So he knew what he was saying when he said he is the way, the truth, and the life. He could have said he is a way, a truth, and a life. And he finished that, that, that verse of scripture by saying, he says, no man comes to the Father but by me. No man, no man, no man come to the Father but by me. No man, <laughs> no one comes to the Father but by me. He says he is the way. I don't care what he have told you, that there are other ways to go to God. It's the lie of the devil to distract you and deceive you to hell. Because Jesus said, he says, he is the way, the only one. He didn't say a way. The truth and the life. He says, no man comes to the Father but by me. He gave us access. Romans chapter 5 verse number 1. He says, thanks be unto, unto, unto God and our Lord Jesus Christ who has given us access to God. Jesus Christ gave us access to, 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 to God. Jesus, he gave us access, access, access. Access. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine, imagine that statement. Imagine that verse. You can read it yourself. Romans chapter 5 is 1. He gave me access to God. Access. So you have access to God. Are you kidding me? You have, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. No wonder we can pray. Do you know what the Bible says? It says the prayer of the sinner is an abomination unto God. The only prayer of a sinner that God hears, that can enter the ears of God, that can even get to the wavelength of God, is the prayer of salvation. When that sinner confesses Jesus as Lord of his life, that's the only God, uh, prayer God hears from the sinner. But another prayer, when a sinner prays, God help me. God, uh, God, God, give me money. God heal me. God, he doesn't hear that. When a sinner prays, he says the prayer of a sinner is an abomination to God. Abomination. Eh? He detests it. He said, but your prayer. He said, they, hey, yeah, yeah. they enter into heaven as sweet smelling savour before the Father. He takes delights. He delights in your prayers. Access to God. You can be in your room right now and be praying in the spirit and you know that God is hearing you. You know he's right there with you. You know it. <laughs> Access to the Father. <laughs> Woo! Glory, glory. That is not a religion, brothers and sisters. That is too big. Religion cannot take it. You know what religion is? Religion is man's way of finding God. No, we are not finding God. The Bible says, <laughs> Hey, in him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. The Bible says, Of his own will, begat he us by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. 
We are at home with God. He lives in us. The Bible says, he says, don't you know that ye are the temple of God? He says, and God lives in you. You are the temple of God. You are the temple of God. I'm not looking for God. <laughs> Religion is looking for God. Christianity is, I have found God. He is in me. I am his representative. I am who he is. He is who I am. I'm full of him. Hallelujah. That's Christianity, brothers and sisters. I'm born again. <laughs> That's why sometimes, you know, sometimes in your day, so in, in your life, take take times out to celebrate your salvation. Celebrate your salvation. Hi, yeah, 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 yeah. You don't know what he has done for you. Oh, you don't know what he has done for you. That's why you cannot say you don't have a testimony. You don't know. You don't know. Ha <laughs> ha. Hey, yeah, yeah. Whether you pray or not, the Bible says he has given angels charge over you, not because you pray, but because you are his own. Now you have become God's own property. He takes care of you. He looks over you. He looks after you. There are angels watching over you. Just because you belong to him. You know, sometimes in my prayer time, I just dance. I say, oh, I belong to Jesus. Glory to God. I belong to Jesus. What a privilege to belong to God. I belong to him. Spirit, soul, mind, and body. I belong to him. I belong to him. You got to say that for yourself. Rejoice and give thanks to God that you belong to him. You belong to him. You are his property. Your body is God's own. He's God's temple. And when you know that and you say that, you believe that no sickness can stay in your body. Because the Bible says, it says, God perambulates her body. <laughs> he, he moves her. The temple of God. That's the salvation. I've told you several times. Jesus Christ did not just come to die for your sins. He didn't come just to die for the sins of the world. Oh yeah, he did that. But there was something greater. He didn't give us back what Adam had before he ate of that fruit. No, 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 no. He gave us something way bigger. <laughs> hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Adam was talking to God. Hey, God will visit Adam at several times as a friend. But no, 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 no. This time around, Jesus said, I'm not just going to die for the sins of the world. He said, but I am come to make them just like me. <laughs> hey, yeah. And what did the Bible say about Jesus? The Bible says that he left his glory up above to become like us, to die for us. He left his glory. What was he talking about? Hey, katema nakuza vahasha. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. He left his glory. Hop above. So what is he saying? You are like him. And I told you, I read that scripture to you weeks ago. As he is, so am I in this world. Uh, that's salvation, brother. As he is, so am I in this world. As he is, so am I in this world. That's what he came to make you. So you can hold on to your body and command that cancer to die in the name of Jesus. In other words, hear me, hear me, hear me. You are the, the people. You are a citizen of a kingdom who has a name to use as an authority. The name of Jesus. So wherever you are this moment, <laughs> maybe you have, not, you have never celebrated your salvation before. This is the time. <laughs> eh? Lord, that you saved me. Oh, I'm celebrating you today. 
If you have to cook a meal today that you have never cooked before, that is so that is so much of a grandeur. This is the time. You see, they ask you, why are you cooking all this food and you are calling me to come and celebrate with you? I'm celebrating my salvation. It is worth celebrating. It's worth celebrating. And if you're watching me right now or listening to me, and you're not born again, and you want to be born again, I read it to you in Romans chapter 10, verse number 9. He said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, he says, you shall be saved. You will be saved. It's the operation of the Spirit. Don't say, how is that going to happen? Don't think about how many bad things and evil things you have done. No, 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 no. Leave that to him. This is all he's asking you to, to do. As long as you believe. For you to be listening and watching for this long, it means you believed. Now he's just saying, just confess. Confess that Jesus is Lord of your life. From today henceforth, says, and you will be saved. And all those past are gone. And when the devil tries to remind you of your past, after you've given your heart to Christ, just laugh at him. <laughs> you know what the Bible calls the devil? Should I tell you? You want to know? The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. That's all he does. He accuses the brethren. So he would he will come and accuse you, but laugh at him because he's just an accuser. He's only fulfilling his ministry. When he accuses you, it doesn't mean that God is accusing you. <laughs> God, hey, the Bible says concerning you. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, he says, There is therefore now no condemnation. In other words, there's no judgment for you because you are in Christ Jesus. Read it yourself. The devil is called the accuser of the brethren. Accuser. So laugh at him. Right now, if you want to be born again, with your eyes closed, and every other, one, every other person watching me right now or listening to me, just thank God for your salvation if you have been saved. But if you want to be born again at this moment, I want you to lift up your right hand and say this prayer after me. Say, Oh Lord God, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he came to die for my sins. And I believe that on the third day, he was raised for my justification. And right now, by my faith in the Lord Jesus, I, I confess Jesus Christ is Lord of my life from today forward. By my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I receive right now into my spirit the eternal life. I'm born again now. I'm a child of God now. I'm no more of the world. I belong to Jesus. I'm like him now. Now I can call you Father. And you can call me yours. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. If you pray that simple prayer, I tell you that is the greatest, the biggest decision you could ever make in your life. God heard you. God heard you. You might be thinking as simple as that. Yes, that's the only prayer of a sinner that heaven is open to and he has heard you. You're saved. You are a Christian.
you're saved. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just give God thanks right now. Give, give him thanks.